Hi friends, my name is Vishang Sharma and I am 6 years old, maybe you already know that. So today I am going to narrate your story called The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Maybe you have already listened to the previous chapters. So let's move to the fourth chapter. In the future, we were now face to face, me and the fragile thing of future. He came right up to me and looking into my eyes, started to laugh. There was no fear in him at all. Soon, I was surrounded by a group of eight of ten or ten of these people. Judging by the sounds they made, I realized that my own voice was too harsh for them. So, pointing to my ears, I shook my head. The man who had laughed came a step forward and touched my hand. His friends, following suit, trying to make sure I was real. <clears throat> Nothing about this experience scared me. So gentle and childlike were these creatures. Besides, they all looked so weak. I knew I could have easily flung them about if I need a rose. But when I saw the pink hands feeling at the time machine, I signaled with my hands, warning them to stop. This reminded me of a possible danger that had slipped my mind. And I quickly unscrewed the levers on the machine and put them in my pocket. Now I looked more closely at their features. They had, they all had wavy hair, which came to a sharp end at the neck and the cheeks through to the through there was absolutely none on the faces. The ears were small, as were their mouths with bright red and rather in lips and chins. Then ended in a point. Their eyes were large and mine and displayed and opposed to my expectations. Little interest in me. They made no effort to communicate, speaking to another, one another, and said, and stop going. I ventured to start a conversation. First, I wanted to the dimension to myself. And then I pointed at the sun. At this, a pretty little figure reacted by imitating the sound of thunder. I thought that the bill I heard 800 2000 odd would be incredibly ahead in knowledge and art. So you can understand how disappointed. I also see that they were actually foolish. One of them even asked me if I had come from the sun in a thunderstorm. From the moment I felt that I had built the time machine in vain. However, I nodded and startled them with a brilliant imitation of a thunderclap. They all withdrew a little and bowed. A garland of Beautiful flowers were brought 
and put around my neck. It was followed by many of them laughing and flinging game flowers at me until I gasped for breath. You cannot imagine what wonderful flowers years of culture have created. Then some would suggest that the plating should be exhibited in the nearest building. So and so, I was led first in the white sphinx towards a vast stone place. The building had a huge entry, and as I went, and I saw shadowy and mysterious windows yawning before me. I looked at the world outside over the heads of the little people. A jumbled waste of beautiful bushes and flowers and a long, neglected and yet weedless garden. I saw strange white flowers measuring a foot perhaps across the spread of the petals. But at the time, I did not examine them closely. The time machine lay deserted among the rhododendrons. The arch of the doorway was richly carved and they appeared to be badly broken and ravaged by years of bad weather. Several more brightly dressed people met me in the doorway. So we entered. I untimely in my dingy 19th century garments garlanded with flowers was surrounded by a mass of bright soft colored robes and shining white limbs melodious laughter and jolly speech the big doorway opened into a great hall the roof was in the shadow and the light filtered through partially glazed windows. The floor was made up of huge blocks and some very hard with white metal. And that so and it was so much worn that channels had formed along some of the ways. This there were innumerable tables of polished stone in the room only a foot from the floor. Heaps of fruits unknown to me lay on these slabs and lots of cushions around them. Upon asking me to do the same, without notice they began to eat the fruits with their hands, flinging the peels into the round openings in the sides of the tables. I was quite hungry, so I began to eat. As I did so, I began to survey the hall. How dilapidated it looked. The stained glass windows were broken in many places and the curtains layered thick with dust. The corner of the marble table near me was fractured. And still the general effect of the place was extremely rich, rich and picturesque. There were a couple of hundred people in the di- people dining in the hall. All were clad in the same soft costume. Fruit was all they ate. These people 
of the remote future were strict vegetarians and also in their presence i had to be one too i discovered afterwards that horses cattle sheep and dogs had gone extinct but the fruits were really delightful one in particular that that seemed to be in season all the time i was there it was especially good and it became my staple after the fruit dinner my hunger a little satisfied satisfied i decided to try and learn the language of these strange men the fruits made up made for a good starting point holding and holding one of these up i used several gestures to ask my questions at first my efforts met with a stare of surprise or unending laughter but soon a fair head little creature seemed to understand me and gave me a name they had to talk among themselves a great deal to explain the business to one another and my first attempts to make the exquisite little sounds of the language caused an immense amount of amusement i kept trying however and before long i had at my command various verbs nouns and pronouns but the lesson pro but the lessons progressed slowly and the little people soon got tired so i decided to let them give the lessons in their in little doses when they felt inclined to do so and these doses turned out to be little indeed for i never met people with more lazy more lazy or easily worn or more easily worn out was a strange thing i discovered about my little hosts their immense lack of interest they would come to me with such eagerness like children but children would soon stop examining me and and wander away after some other toy the dinner and my um, attempts at a conversation ended and i noted that almost all those who had surrounded me at first were gone it was quite easy for me to disregard these little people i went out through the doorway into the sunlit world again it was evening and the world was lit by the warm glow of a setting sun at first things were very confusing everything was so entirely different from the world i had known even the flowers the big building i had left was situated on slope of a broad river valley but the thames had shifted about a mile from its current position i resolved to climb to the top of a hill perhaps a mile and half away from which i could get a wider view of our world in the year eight, in, in the year 800 and 2701 after death the date recorded by the dials of my machine as i walked i looked out for any 
clues that might help explain why this splendid world was in ruins for for that is how it did seem a little way up the hill was a great heap of granite bound together by masses of aluminum steep crumpled walls and amidst which rose beautiful wild plants clearly the remains of some vast structure it was here that at a later date uh, was to have a very strange experience the beginnings of a much stranger discovery but i will speak about that when the time is right looking around with a sudden thought i noticed that there were no houses to be seen the concept of the house itself seemed to have vanished here and there among the greenery were palace like buildings but the house and the cottage so much a part of the english landscape had disappeared i was beginning to understand better i looked at the little figures that were following me all in the same costume everyone's face hairless and soft these people of the future were alike not only in costume but it was hard even to tell the men and the women apart i noticed the ease and insecurity which these people lived and thought to myself that a man's strength and the woman's gentleness the family structure and different occupations were all necessary in an age which physical force and violence exist